Football, baby! Welcome into episode 63 of the Losing Sucks Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Blanton, along with my co-host, Travis Masterson. And today, we are joined by a fantasy and football uh, all-around um, fan and, well, really a huge member of the community uh, on, on Twitter. You can find him over there on rosterwatch.com. He is Alex Dunlap. He is a Texas fan, orange blood through and through, and you can also listen to him on the Roster Watch show on the Fantasy Sports Radio channel over there on Sirius XM Radio. Alex, thank you for taking the time to join us. How are you doing, man? Yo, Dustin, Travis, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm jealous of Travis, man. You guys got a bunch of rain recently oh, yeah. up there in Dallas, dude. It's like, been pouring for the last hour. It's crazy, dude. I mean, every, anybody who listens to the show on Sirius knows I'm so tilted. It's like <laughs> where I where I live over the lake, it's like it, it, the, the, like there's this big st- – I'm sure Dustin got some of this rain that's just coming through, but it just yeah. splits right in front of me every single time. Dude, my <laughs> Torture. Is, yeah, we just so got some, yeah. My entire lawn is dead. Yeah, um, so we'll sure. just hope uh, – I'll keep my fingers crossed. These next few days, man, they're saying there could be some, so – we need it. We need it yep. <laughs> for sure. Hey, but 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 hey, everybody's tuning in for the weather talk, right? The Central Texas weather talk. Exactly. Right. That yeah, that is yeah. This is the uh, the weather <laughs> Who's sucks podcast. Rain and yeah. <laughs> right. That that's what they tune in for. Um. The honestly, let's just get this thing kicked off real quick. I've got a bone to pick with you, Alex, because there's one guy I I wanted in the Scott Fishbowl. Okay. I have been I've been talking to to Travis about this the entire time. All off season since then, you took you sniped me on man. you sniped me on Mike Mike Williams. Okay, I'm not okay with it. Um, so that's that's where we stand. Um, this is actually an ambush. Um, so uh, wanted to bring you on here, confront you on that. Um, but my my question for you, really, looking at that Chargers offense, Mike Williams obviously a big part of it. Who do you think is going to? Um, I guess benefit more from this new iteration of the offense Keenan Allen Mike Williams or is there some other piece that we're missing completely no I mean I don't think you're missing any pieces completely and you know we at our website at rosterwatch.com we're right now having our guys out on the training camp tour where Byron my business partner and our co-founder just just left he's not he actually he was in Arizona or he went to the, he was, so he was in LA last week. He went to Las Vegas. He's been in Arizona. Now he's just heading back to go to the East Tampa Bay and um, Dolphins joint practices. But man, while, while he was out there, like he just said, I mean, everybody's so, I mean, you and I, we both like Mike Williams, right? Like, and Mike Williams, and I don't have the ADBs pulled up because it's so much, it's starting to be so much different between the underdog ADPs and right. the uh, the consensus ADPs like on fantasy pros that are going to be for like the managed leagues that a lot of people I'm right. sure in this audience are going to be interested in hearing about. Um, but the ADPs are super close, man, with with, yeah. with Keenan Allen and with uh, I, I would just like to look and see if I can just pull it up just real quick sure. to see where they are exactly. Because Mike Williams is a guy you can consistently get in the fourth round, whereas it feels like Keenan, you got to spend more like a third round pick. But let me just see. So. Half point PPR. I think that's still the case. Um, 
in managed leagues, we're looking at Keenan Allen with an ADP of man. So it's golly wide receiver 10. So 29 overall, whereas Mike Williams at 49 wide receiver 18. So 49 overall. I mean, if if, are we talking in a vacuum? Are we talking about just like at ADP? Because if we're talking about in a vacuum, I I want Keenan Allen. And um, especially if it's PPR half point PPR, I mean, Byron has been out, you know, to Chargers camp for the last three or four years. And what he told me on our show the other night was just like, look, man, Keenan Allen is still, I mean, he's still going to be the target leader. He's still going to be the guy. But, man, if you look back at you look back at last year and you look at the number of targets these guys had, both these guys were top 15 uh, in the league as far as targets uh, last year. I think that, you know, it's feeling like there could be a little bit more Josh Palmer this right. year. But even with that being the case, dude, I, I just I feel like this is a very, very thin distribution as far as where the where the targets are going to be going. It'll be Mike Williams. It'll be Keenan Allen. Mike Williams got off to such a hot start last year. And so we've right. seen the upside. And that's sort of what, you know, in the Scott Fishbowl, when I took him after, right. you know, making sure to go quarterback heavy and tight end heavy at the beginning. I feel like this is kind of like, you know, he's a pseudo wide receiver one, because what yeah. if he could be like he was to start last season? But if you just look over the course of the last two years and just kind of compare these two guys, if you just look in, you know, if you compare it in standard, right? if you look at the monster games, so games over 20 fantasy points for Mike Williams, he's done that over the course of the last two years, 10% of the time, whereas Keenan Allen's only done that 3.3% of the time. Um, as far as in PPR games, 25 point games, Mike Williams has done that 13% of the time where Keenan Allen's done that only, only 10% of the time. But the real difference in their profiles as far as their scoring distribution really comes when you look at the games that they bust in. And Mike Williams has busted over yeah. the course of the last <laughs> two years, 54% of the time in standard, whereas Keenan Allen has only busted 27% of the time. Keenan Allen has only busted. So in PPR gotten you let, because in PPR, what's a what's a bust? It's like less than ten points, right? Less right. than ten points, you're getting you're getting sunk by this dude. Yeah. Uh, right. in, in in your lineup, Keenan Allen has only busted for you thirteen point three percent of the time, whereas Mike Williams in PPR has busted for you fifty percent of the time. And just to put that number in context, for Keenan Allen, the only guys who busted less frequently over the course of the last two years in PPR are Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel. Wow. And so, I mean, it, it's a it's a better as far as avoiding busts. I mean, he's better than Jamar Chase. He's better than you know Tyreek Hill. He's better than he's he's better than Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson, can you believe it? Is busted in PPR twenty one percent of the time. And you look really? at Keenan Allen; he's only busted thirteen percent of the time. So, so knowing that and hearing you explain that, is Keenan Allen not worth that single round higher pick because of that safety that you're getting with your wide receiver one? Well, no. I, I mean, I think that I think that. Keenan Allen is a guy who, if he falls to the end of the third round or beginning of the fourth round, which he does. Here's the thing about you guys know fantasy players and you know this community. They don't like old guys. Yeah, no. they don't like guys yeah. who are kind of Keenan's kind of, ancient man. There's a three in front of his age. You know, people talk. Yeah, be good. People talk about the age apex and everything. And dude, Ke- yeah. Keenan's way past it. But you know, I believe Byron. I, one thing that concerned me, and I, I did ask our friend Dr. David Chow about this, you know, privately. Keenan Allen does have this big lump on his shoulder that I'm kind of worried about, really? but apparently it's nothing. It's like a muscle, muscle calcification thing. I'm just like, huh. man, that thing looks like it's it's really bothersome. But he's not being held back at all. It's a it's a it's okay. a weird um, 
I should have shared. I wish I could share the picture with you guys. We could show yeah. it on the screen. But um, it's but look, I think that as far as in those beginning rounds, right? Mm -hmm. I do hundreds of simulations basically every day for our cheat sheets at rosterwatch.com. And even though that managed league ADP on Fantasy Pro seems like it's miles apart, yeah, I mean there are people out there who are going to reach for Mike Williams. Yeah, I mean they they've the hype. There are people out there who just aren't going to be interested in Keenan Allen because they they listen to influencers who are just so into the next big thing and these you know these young guys and you see a lot of the same right. stuff with people not wanting any Ezekiel Elliott anymore, not wanting any. Right. Of the, but you, you kind of look take at the, all of it. <laughs> you kind of look at the numbers. You're like, well, I mean, we're not talking dynasty here. We're talking redraft. Yeah. Um, I think Keenan Allen's in for another big year. He looks like he's going to be the clear target leader. So in a vacuum, I'm going to be taking him. But if we're talking about the managed league ADPs as far as the consensus, I certainly yeah. think that Mike Williams is, is is the better value because if you just look at the targets, you look at where he's targeted, you look at the quarterback, what he can do. Yeah. Um, Williams is the Williams is the one who you know is more feasible for you if you yeah. go running back heavy early, go with a right. Travis Kelsey early and Mark Andrews early. Yeah, it gives one you thing that value targets. I one it. thing I wanted to follow up with: you said Byron's on the road. Um, listening to your podcast, that seems like a common thing for you guys. And it, I feel like it's something that sets you apart is you're not just getting these bits of news on player notes or through sources on Twitter. You guys are actually out in the trenches talking directly to these teams, getting a feel and giving that to your listeners. How did you, how was that something that you were motivated to do? What are, what do you think are some of the benefits of that? And has that led to, in the past or even this year, has that led to finding diamonds in the rough that the common fan or people on Twitter are not seeing on these, you know, how Twitter can kind of just be re so repetitive on the same guys is talking directly to the source. Like, have you found diamonds that way? Well, I mean, it's just like the proof is in the pudding with it. I mean, the, or I don't even really know what that means. Proof is in the pudding. Yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> I, I, it's like the proof is all nodding like, like, yes, it is. The in pudding, right. In the pudding. I don't even know what that means. It's, where it's like all the secrets. You just look at <laughs> rice. Like, 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 hey, you want to know, you, you, you want to know how to live forever. Like you go look at that bowl of pudding over there. Like, um, right. But no, man, I like, we started going to, the senior bowl and the combine and the pro player workouts and stuff for the rookies back in 2012. We've done that every single year since then, except for the one pandemic year that, that uh, during the raging of the pandemic, we were still at the senior bowl and those games, wow. but the, I, I mean, the combine is shut down. We were still at the player practices, the facilities and stuff, the rookie mini camps, the OTAs, of course, we're the training camp tour. Now it's like, I mean, it's been, it's like that's where you find the Debo Samuels. That's why you. That's where you find like the golden, the epic golden sons of roster watch nation, like Cooper Cup. It's where you. It's where you know you can really learn. I mean the Antonio Gibsons. It's like we had all the Antonio Gibson that year. The James Robinsons. You know, like yeah. Um, you see him at the workouts, and you're just like, well, you know, shit. I like, this guy's different. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, how's how's this guy getting passed over by team after team in the in, in the draft? And so. I mean, it's been it's been immensely helpful. It's certainly been, I think, what's kind of differentiated us because it's. I mean, you you, you guys know you guys do a podcast yeah, here. It's a it's a sure. it's a crowded space. You got to do something to make yourself a little bit different. And yeah, for yeah. us, it's been kind of this on the ground, you know, stuff. That. And it's um, that's not all though. I mean, we, we no. like clearly we, you know, we we use tons of different analytics. We have proprietary analytics. We have tons of different tools and stuff like that. We're still fantasy nerds at heart. I'm wearing, yeah, a, Scott, I just, I I'm wearing a Scott Fishbowl shirt, right? I mean, but, yeah, I, but, I mean, we're, we're doing it for, you know, it's like buy, 
Byron was out today at, at, at Bucks camp, right? And it's like he's um, like Leonard Fournette's going to, if you look at the usage, Leonard Fournette's going to feast. Rashad White didn't get a single snap with the ones. And people are still drafting Rashad White in the ninth round of these drafts. You're just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. What are you doing? If you're drafting a handcuff, draft somebody like, you know, draft a Pollard or a Madison or somebody that you know will actually be the handcuff. It feels yeah, like yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn might be number two behind that guy. So they're just, they're, wow. they're, they're things that, they're things that you can kind of pick up and stuff like that. Where if you are one of these fantasy geeks like we are, you know, right. and you're there, at, you're there at the training. Because here's the thing about these beat writers these beat writers are, are, you know, most of them, they got to be hyper local with their coverage, right? They're they're, sure. they're there to cover the stuff for the people yeah. of Cincinnati. They want to know how right. the fourth wide receiver looks, and right. if they talk about him and we take it too seriously as fantasy owners, all of a sudden we're going to be wanting to, you know, we're going to be one of the draft guys who are just right. are, are clearly they don't it it doesn't even matter. They're not yeah. even they aren't even getting any usage. So yeah. going there, seeing right. the usage, seeing the alignment, seeing how these guys, are, you know, are you know how how how, how the offense interacts. It's, sure. it, it's an important part of what we do and we just take it into consideration and all that stuff gets baked into all of our tools. Yeah. I mean, so uh, definitely there's, there's gotta be that, that advantage that you spoke to, like there's gotta be that the advantage that you're, you're gleaning from actually seeing it in person. You know, uh, you brought up the bucks, you know, um, Keyshawn Vaughn, a guy that many people have kind of written off as dead in the fantasy community, just because, you know, Rashad White is there and he's gotta be the guy because they like him more. Um, I want to kind of, Pivot a little bit though to the the wide receivers. Because- Let me just say about Rashad White that that's yeah. not a that that isn't a that's not a. I'm not saying I don't like Rashad White. I mean he oh, he sure. he was my second favorite running back at the Senior Bowl this year, and what he's got a 23 percent. What, what did he have a 23 percent market share of team receptions last yeah. last season? Uh, well, I I, I don't want to be wrong here. So let me see if I can oh, see sure. what it was. So Rashad White a a, a twenty uh what a a. 21% market share of his team receptions as a, as a college player. And you say nice. like, well, he's also really good yeah. at these inside run drills. He's really, you know, he's, he's going to a good situation. Um, right. You know, obviously it's been it's, the situation with the offensive line with the Bucks has been a little bit downgraded with Ryan Jensen getting hurt. Of course they, you know, they lost right. Alex Kappa to the Bengals and all the rest, but like you gotta, you, you gotta get, they can run between the tackles and can catch like that. All of a sudden, yeah. you're like, maybe this dude can come in and be some kind of running mate with Leonard Fournette. I don't think that they see him like that right now, though. I I, I love Rashad White in Dynasty. I think it's I think he's great in Dynasty at that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, right at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round in your rookie drafts. But as far as for redraft this year, and if Leonard, unless Leonard Fournette gets hurt, you're not going to be yeah. able to use Rashad White. Period. So we're like, but wow. that isn't to say that we don't we, that we don't think Rashad White is good. We, right. we, cer- we certainly do, but it's just about usage, man. It's like, it's just, it's just about right. usage. So Rashad white over Kenneth Walker, even though you've seen all these videos of his body catches that he's had. No, because Kenneth Walker wasn't <laughs> at the senior bowl. Right. I'm just, okay. I'm talking. So, right. so, so, so the, so the best two runners at the senior bowl were the best runner was Damian Pierce. Now with the Texans, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the second best was Rashad white. Then after that, you had just a, you know, a whole gaggle of dudes like uh, who I wasn't impressed with, like, Brian Robinson, Jerome Ford, who was uh, drafted by the Cleveland right. Browns. Uh, Ty- Tyler Beatty was there, who could end up doing something with the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. What about um, Algier? Uh, Tyler Algier, not a not a senior yeah. bowler. And, the, and okay. dude, and the, and, and, and the whole thing that came out with him today, I have not seen Algier live. 
But that was wild with uh, that depth chart that came out today with the uh, yeah, with, with the Falcons running backs. I don't know, if, was he eighth? Yeah, he was. He was, he was still at the very back. I'm not. Yeah, sure. It was like, like eighth or ninth. Once they get like, that far back, you don't want to count it. But, it's, it's but like, like last week, the the that's what I I meant earlier with all we get for the most part is what we see on Twitter and what we see from the beat writers. And last week it can be Algier is in line to start. And that's kind of the momentum is going, is leaning that way. And then now this week he's eighth or ninth on the depth chart. It's like you guys, you put in, and, and like you said on your podcast, you, you have to deal with getting no's and being able to handle people saying no for a while and just keep grinding and keep grinding. And now you're at all these training camps and you have the inside track paying your dues is paying off by knowing are these little bits of news true or false. And the advantage of that is and to your listeners is they see right through it and you're getting direct from the source. No, let's, let's not draft Rashad white with our ninth pick. Well, and, and then, I mean, just one quick bit of insight, just to all, all your listeners, whenever you see these first unofficial depth charts come out and the peak then, and, and the dudes who play preseason DFS know this, like don't those those depth charts are written by the media staff that work for the team. Oh, they're okay. they're not written by the coaches. And so it, it like there's there's certain teams where it's it's actually it's actually a little bit more trustworthy with with certain teams. Take for instance the Steelers, because right. whenever George Pickens showed up on the at the top of the depth chart for the Steelers, the media asked him about that, and Tomlin even admitted he said like, look, I only put that out because I had to give you guys something. <laughs> Which tells us it's like, all right, well, Tomlin has some kind of say about that, right? Yeah, so, right. The, so you kind of take a little, take a little, you know, like the office gift where you take, where you see him taking the yeah. notes. Like that's right. one that you want to put into your mind and say, like, well, Tomlin has a little something. This stuff with Atlanta, I mean, those are the yeah. interns that, the, like, they're just out there watching yeah, practice. True. Someone forgot he was on the roster and had to include <laughs> yeah. him in the in the, yeah. the release. Okay, I, that makes that makes sense. Um, let me let me pick your brain real quick though about uh, let's let's talk about Julio Jones real quick. Um, because we've been on this show, we've been kind of at ends talking about what to make of this wide receiver room. We were all in on Russell Gage. I, I mean, he, he being brought in at the request of Tom Brady, you know, it looked like he and, and Mike Evans were just going to be, you know, a, a, a buddy cop movie. Um, and then we, we get, a we get Chris Godwin coming back. You know, it's, I, I thought he was going to miss at least half the season. I was looking like, what, maybe I still four? Do. Four games, buying. who knows? I, yeah, I I I agree with Travis, man. I, don't I think know. week eight is absolute earliest. Okay, well, I, so I'm not well, I'm not. I don't think it's the, I, I don't I don't think it's the earliest, but I think it's in play. I think that's in sure. play. I'm beginning to think that maybe week eight is the kind of the kind of the right. maybe more like the maybe more kind of like the latest at this point. But people aren't even talking week eight, right? Saying right. week yeah. eight is the earliest is, is begun to be kind of. I mean, now that, that that was a take we could have back in June. Right. That people would think is maybe not such a hot a take now at this point, often physically un- unable to perform. It feels like week eight yeah. at the earliest. That wouldn't make much sense because you know that they. I don't feel like that they would have taken him off. Um, I, sure. I feel like even though even if you see him week four, week five, week six, that's snap count. I mean, the Chris Godwin that we know. Do we see that at all this year? And if we do, him getting into that form, I think is second half to end of fantasy season. Like. Their goal is not to get him ready for a, a playoff run for fantasy. Their goal is to have him ready full strength when it's showtime. And, you know, here's, it's yeah, I, I get it. And here's the thing with Tampa Bay too. As far as if you look at 
if you look at their strength of schedule and you look at the start that they get off to and you look at the time whenever Godwin would be coming back, like if we want to just predict that or kind of project that out, um, right. you can project it out at any point in time that you want. But the fact remains that Tampa Bay's got a tough, tough schedule for opposing fantasy wide receivers. And that, and, dude, and, that, and that's not looking at fantasy points allowed from last year because that's a, that's a bad way to gauge – this is like with with what we do with our strength of schedule tool is we use our in-season matchup algorithm, which takes into account all the personnel that's going to be on the field. It has our grades for those players. It brings in proprietary data uh, that we have on the players through the scouting that we do through the offseason. Because during, mm -hmm. during, during the offseason, we just go to into draft like evaluation mode. Right. And right. so. Um, we, we pull in that data and then we also have subscriptions like PFF and sports info solutions and, and your sports mm -hmm. data and stuff. And you, and you can bring in a bunch of these, a, a bunch of these data points. You can also look at the way certain players matched up versus certain schemes and things like that. Look at the new schemes. If they're new defensive coordinators, new things happening, new things that might be happening because a corner could be brought in. The, previously it was a good, like a great man corner, but now they got to do who's a great you know, like who's been really good in zone and stuff. And so, but so you, you take all that stuff, you put it in consideration Tampa Bay, the first three weeks of the season would be at Dallas at new Orleans and then at home versus green Bay, Dallas and new Orleans, as much as, as hard as it is to believe Dallas actually grades out as a bottom 12 matchup for opposing wide receivers on, in our matchup algorithm, wow. new, new Orleans is another bottom 12 green Bay. We know, I yeah, mean, God. they're going to be, a, they're going to yeah. be a bottom eight matchup. Uh, they'll have KC and Atlanta for weeks four and five, which probably those will be games. Th those should be good. I mean, KC Tampa Bay in week four, that's going to be something that people are going to want to watch. That's going to be one that people are going to be stacking in DFS and stuff. I think that'll be yeah. a good one. Atlanta would be a good one for them to beat up on. But then right. so let's just let's just say that Godwin's back by week five for that Atlanta game, right? Yeah. So they have their bye in week 11. They're going to have during after he comes back, they're going to have at Pittsburgh – which is not going to be – that's going to be a bottom 12 matchup. They're going to get a good matchup at Carolina. They're going to get Baltimore, who if Baltimore's healthy, uh, you know, we've forgotten. You know, they were horrible last year. Yeah, they're they, nice. They, yeah. they, they lost they, – they, they, they lost the top seven guys in their whole <laughs> defensive backfield through the course of the season. Incredible. Uh, they're going to get Jalen Ramsey and the Rams in week nine. Then after that, they have one easy week versus Seattle. Then they have a bye. But then here's the thing. After that, coming out of the bye – you get Cleveland, so you get you get greedy, and you get Denzel, you get Denzel Ward. You got to go to New Orleans again for all the all that stuff. You got to go at San Francisco to Week 14. So basically, the week that you have to win, like like if you're sitting in the spot where you need to win a few of these games down the stretch, you get at coming out of the bye at Cleveland versus New Orleans at San Francisco. Those, I mean, sure. those are those are some tough outs, man. At times of the season when you've got to really, really, really have everybody yeah. uh, firing on all cylinders. So Chris Godwin, for me, I'm still out on him. I'm just, I'm still just worried. You know, I'm just still worried that, you know, there's not only the scheduling stuff, but once he comes back, mm -hmm. you know, he's going to miss that. He is still high. I just don't get, yeah. I, 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 mean, I see people yeah. drafting Godwin and I'm like, over this guy, how? You, yeah. You're getting half a season. Yeah. You know, if that's, that. That's a good point. Godwin's going ahead of Brandon Cooks. It's unbelievable. Oh my God. Yeah. Every time I see somebody take Chris the, Godwin in that fifth round, I'm like, thank the you, perennial, God. <laughs> the perennially slept on Brandon Cooks. I don't understand. I, he, he will always go in like what the sixth round. That's ridiculous. You can get him. In, you can get. You can get it, dude. If, if if you just if you just if you just value Brandon Cooks in these mm -hmm. in these PPR drafts, if you just value him about the same way that you would value a guy like a guy like 
uh, let's say Deontay Johnson, who who knows sure. what's going to happen with his quarterback, or right. Jay or Jalen Waddle, who's welcoming in a Tyreek Hill. If you value him just around those guys, you're going to get Brandon Cooks every single time. You know, yeah. you're going to get him every single time. And so, I mean, to me, and then the guys who were after him, you know, if you just think about it, it's like who we're talking about who's after him at that point? What what like yeah. the Darnell like the Darnell Mooney's? I see you have a Chicago sure. Bears hat on. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You probably, you, you, you probably I love, love Mooney, Mooney but, but he's not but, Cooks. But you know the no. you know and it, you know it's just uh it's it's an inter- it's an interesting thing with Godwin you know he's got a little bit of a bounce back I'll be interested to see if Michael Thomas gets the same kind of bounce back now that we've gotten reports today yeah. that it looks like he's actually kind of showing up and showing up in practice and they said the number yeah. thirteen took it over um, as we as today as we're recording this here. It's been a lot of noise, yeah, out of New Orleans. Um, it doesn't I mean more polarizing than Michael Thomas. No, uh, he's hurt a lot of people over the last couple of years. You know, been after, look when you see the I kind of volume that that Michael Thomas saw, and then of course being tied to that Hall of Fame quarterback for you know those number of years, you want to see that return to glory. So I, I completely get it. We're, we're hoping for him, and you know, especially now with where you're getting him, it's hard to find someone who has that kind of upside. You know, in in that you know fifth round um, area. So I mean, that's where you. I mean, last year, that's where a lot of people were drafting Cooper Cup. And Grant, I'm not I'm not saying that Michael Thomas is going to come back. And one, it's hard to repeat as the wide receiver one overall, especially when you lose the kind of weapons that that Michael Thomas had. But that's I understand why he's he's starting to rise. And I don't think we're I don't think we've seen the end of that rise. Um, but Alex, you've also mentioned the. Uh, you know, kind of some of the tools that you guys have over at Roster Watch, and one of them that kind of piqued my interest was that strength of schedule and the fast start finder, because we're all about, I mean, with as limited info as we have um, heading into the season, and you can't really project out too far because a lot changes in the NFL uh, week to week. I, I'm really interested in knowing how how does that affect like how you draft or how you you know um, maybe advise people to draft or maybe how you look to trade like. Do you project to maybe, okay, this guy has this matchup. Maybe I look to trade him week three. How does that affect your process? Well, yeah, that's a great, that, that, that's a great question because it, it goes to one of our, our company's core principles, which is to, to, to get off to a fast start because that is, that is how you can you absolutely humiliate your league mates and trades coming into week right. four when people start getting real scared of being real chicken littles. You can look mm-hmm. down your nose at them and you can say, look, man, you, 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 your, your team's 0-4. Your team's one and three. I'm four and zero. Oh, I'm three and one. Why on earth would I want to take on a member of this sinking ship? You know, you're yeah. gonna, like you. You're, you're gonna you come to me. With, you're, you're gonna come to me with the. Tr- I mean, my team's winning. So, like, if you want me to mess this all up, you're gonna you're gonna come to me and you're gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna take some value here. You always want to trade from a position of strength, and so that's why we have the fast start stuff. It's it's one of our main things that we always look at. I'll tell you guys some players who look like they're probably going to. Based on matchups, you know, they're in position to get off to fast starts. Um, and some guys who, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, the the absolute picture-perfect candidate of a player who you might want to trade away after getting off to a fast start would be Nick Chubb. It, I think okay. Nick Chubb, um, because he faces in his first five weeks, so he gets at Carolina, which is a top-eight matchup uh, via our algorithms, the Jets, which is a top-eight matchup via our algorithms, um, which take into account, like I said, all the personnel stuff, but then also like we have all the lines in the, in the over-unders and the data getting pulled in to, to where we try to project game script and all the rest of this stuff. 
at Carolina, Jets, Pittsburgh looks like it would be, be about a neutral matchup. Those are always tough because it's a division game. Then at Atlanta, that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a, a murder fest. Um, and then at home versus the Chargers, who have have not really been able to stop the run and have not invested too much uh, as far as that's concerned. After right. that, listen to this for Nick Chubb. Week six, New England. If there's no Deshaun Watson at that point in time, yeah. he's not gonna. He's 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 not gonna. He's not. Belichick won't sell out to stop Amari Cooper. He's gonna start to sell mm-hmm. out to, to stop the run game. Um, at Baltimore, bottom eight matchup. At Cincy, mm-hmm. who we have projected as a bottom fifteen matchup, a bye week. At Miami, a bottom twelve matchup. At Buffalo, bottom twelve matchup. Tampa Bay, basically a bottom three matchup. The only reprieve that you're going to get out of this whole thing is in week 13 at Houston. But then after that, it's more Cincy, it's more Baltimore, it's more New Orleans. It's like everything sucks completely after week six outside of Houston. So that's the way that you could use that for sure. I would say. So you take Chubb early, you ride the wave early, and then you go get Mike Evans after a slow start because of the Bucks' first three or four weeks. Right. Well, maybe we can talk uh, like maybe a, a slow start, slow start candidates would be like, well, I guess you there probably aren't going to be any New England wide receivers that we're too interested in. But they have a brutal schedule to start that really, really yeah. opens up, it looks like. Um, as far as other guys with tough schedules to start that really open up uh, at the running back position, we have um, Miami and who knows who you're going to want to trade for there. But maybe, dude, but maybe if there's not, something weird with Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, nobody really pops out. Their first games, New England at Baltimore, they got Buffalo, they got Cincy. But then starting in week five, they're going to have the Jets and then they'll have Minnesota and Pittsburgh. But then they'll have a stretch of four games in a row Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, and Houston, which all project as top eight matchups. Um, yeah. Maybe looking at those Miami guys a little, you know, maybe to trade sure. for them at a certain point. I and love Ros- that tool. I love yeah. that tool. And at, and, at, and at Roster Watch, we have the trade cast that my business partner, Byron, does every week that where he goes over all this stuff and talks about your trade targets and, and um, helps you identify maybe who to trade away and who to maybe target based on some of these things. Right. I like it. That's awesome, man. I, it's, it really, it's some of the stuff you guys present over there. It's, it's really, if you, if you, if you're listening and you haven't checked out rosterwatch.com, you need to, you need to go check it out. There's, a lot of a lot of guys with a lot of passion, a lot of um, stuff to to add to your fantasy experience. Like they that. freaking get it, man. You guys get it. No, it, it doesn't. You. It does not take long to look at that site and and like the tools you're talking about. Listen to the podcast. It's like, yep, they're going on the short list of who I'm listening to weekly. <laughs> well, thank you, you know, brother. They get it. it. So we've we've been in the NFL and talk for a little bit. I just wanted to take a quick second to transition to something that we you know we've. We chatted about off off air, you know, before the show, but I'm a big Texas fan, um, Texas fan as well. Um, so my question is, Alex, is is Texas actually back? Okay, are are we? Is it is it something that we're we're going to have? <laughs> Please give me some hope <laughs> or some reality. <laughs> Texas had a bad practice on Tuesday. Uh, they had a day off Start on Wednesday. Off, so, well, no, I mean, it was the, it was the fifth day of practice Tuesday. They were full pads for the first time. It was a tough practice, man. Sark had them out there from two forty-five to 5 PM. Um, we weren't allowed out, but we, uh, I, you know, we heard from some sources. The offensive line had a tough time. Um, 
the good news is, man, Sark had this unbelievable offensive line recruiting class. And some of these guys, yeah. DJ Campbell, Kelvin Banks, Cam Williams, they're making big moves up the depth chart and Huge. could be starters. At some point, you start to say, like, well, you know, how much are we rooting for this many true freshmen to come start? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> but but how, how much worse can it be? than what Texas has fielded as far as offensive lines over the course of the last few years. I think it's hard to say Texas is back whenever there's not been any separation between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers so far during That's the course of ask. this, during the course of this um, fall camp so far. Yeah. Uh, Sark at big 12 media days talked about how he wanted to get a starter named earlier this year than he did last right. year. Uh, what, but Last year, it was by, I guess, the sat not this first Saturday, but after next Saturday, he was ready to name a starter. So if we get to pass this scrimmage on Saturday, pass the scrimmage next Saturday, and the starter's not named, like his whole plan has been foiled because Quinn hasn't been able to do anything to come in and look better than Hudson. So I'll be interested to see how Quinn comes along for the rest of the uh, the rest of you know this week. They'll get back to practice Thursday. They'll have a walk through Friday. They'll have a scrimmage on Saturday. Um, that scrimmage will be real telling because I feel like what they're going to be looking for is who's going to, you know, both these guys versus air. If you went to a pro day, we've been to hundreds of these pro days. If you went to a pro day and you saw these guys throwing versus air to wide receivers, you'd be like, oh, it looks like a first round draft pick. It's like, I mean, it's like, it looks <laughs> yeah. that good. When they get in the scrimmage behind a, a leaky offensive line, that's when, right. you know, we saw Hudson last year versus Arkansas. You saw what happened. It's like the, the things break down yeah. and stuff. And, um, it feels like it's been kind of the same with Quinn. They do have Malik Murphy out of California that's behind those guys, the true freshman. He missed all his spring ball with a foot injury, but he's a dude who has a ton of talent. Um, of course, Arch Manning coming behind these guys. So I, I would say like right now, saying it's Texas back right now, I mean, that's still – got to check the wait and see button because, yeah. Yeah. well, I mean, Texas for 2022, we don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be. And that's so that's, that's generally kind of where you start. Um but right. it look, you know, the players coming in look good. You know, they, you know, I've been going to these practices since 2013. It's the best I've seen the offensive line look, even when you're considering the fact that seven of them are true freshmen. They're monster, five star, you know, sick dudes. But it's right. like, how long are they going to take until they're good? I figure it's only going to be a year or two, right? By so then, you're pumping by, the brakes. You like the direction, but you're pumping the brakes on work for this year. Yeah. I would say for this year, it's going to be it's going to be tough. And I would say. Um, to Texas fans, the Texas fans deserve better. You know, five and seven last year was horrible. Um, right. Sark can't like you know you can't come in, I, dude. He's he's got Bijan Robinson. He's got Xavier yeah. Worthy. He's got two dudes right. who people are talking about for the Belichick Award, the Heisman Award, right. all this all this stuff. It's like it, and really good like the Isaiah Isaiah Nair who got who transferred in. From yep. um, from Montana. I mean, you you talk to NFL scouts about Nayer. They had their eyes on him. Like if you know, if he would have played one more year there, they were talking about him being a second round guy. Maybe after this season. Yeah. So uh, Jordan Whittington, who's got an NFL body on him in in, in the slot behind Bijan Robinson. You you have Roshan Johnson, who's an absolute hammer right. that scouts love. So it's like, I mean, you got the pieces. Like if you come back in right. after a five and seven season at Texas, you win seven games or something like that. All of a sudden, dude, you're gonna There's people hope. are gonna be saying like, we don't we don't. Ki- no, I, I'm not sure there's hope. I'm saying like he, he's gonna he's gonna need to win eight nine games. Right. I'm I'm not telling fans to give Sark a pass. He he needs to win oh, okay. eight 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 nine games with these players that that he has. Um, so that that's what needs to happen. That should be the minimum bar. But you know, I would say when you ask his Texas back, you know, 
I'm a guy, man. I was I, I was in the stands for the national championship game. I was in the stands for the Rose Bowl game versus Michigan. And like when I say is Texas back, I'm thinking it's Texas back to that. Yeah, and it's, I, that's you know, what it means. That's what it means to people so, that have right. grown up as UT fans. Too. And so is, is, is Texas back to that? Like, no, and, and you shouldn't. Like, right. whenever you don't know who your quarterback is a week into fall camp, Texas is not back to that. If they do win seven games, maybe Gary Patterson gets the nod. <laughs> dude, Gary, dude, Gary Patterson could get the nod halfway through the season if Coach PK that doesn't improve. So. Okay. Man, that'll be oh – God, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're just mere weeks away. Uh, from from some of these answers, man. Uh, all right, one one more question, then we'll we'll kind of get you out of here. Um, so there's there's one thing that I've been curious about looking around about um, mobile quarterbacks and their tight ends it seems to be a thing. Um, just a handful of of guys that I've I've looked around, um, kind of see a trend. I don't know if it's scheme based. I don't know what uh, the correlation would be. Um, but you go back to Michael Vick and Algie Crumpler, you know, Cam Newton, Greg Olson, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, granted, they happen to also be talented tight ends, but my question is going to pertain to Griffin Griffin has some guys. Yeah. 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 Robert, Robert Griffin. Um, yeah. So you're talking about guys like that and, um, you, you have a new, um, mobile quarterback who's going to be, you know, debuting as the week one starter in Trey Lance this year. And my, my question is really going to revolve around George Kittle, who's been falling later in drafts than he has in previous years. You know, he's no longer that, you know, two, three turn pick. He's more of a fourth or fifth round guy typically. Um, so my question is, where do you have him in comparison to the top, you know, four or five tight ends and as well as like in the hierarchy of the 49ers pass catchers? I'm just, I'm just looking at this. I'm just looking at this picture of, Robert Griffin and Jordan Reed just jumping up in the I just uh, look it up jumping up in the end zone just embracing each other like well, after a big touchdown yeah. Jordan uh, Reed was so freaking good yeah, yeah, like just the eye, the eye test of Jordan Reed was like yeah he's he's nice and look he's man I, I I just think with, I think with Kittle and it's an interesting theory I I've, I've not looked into the theory I think some I think I've been I think it's at points in my life I've intuited that that same thing though right mm-hmm. guys guys get on the run when they get on the run, they're yeah. off structure and they're not past the line of scrimmage. They could, you know, they 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 look to the easy reads. Right. Um, so that makes sense to me. Um, my my worry though with Kittle specifically is just, I mean, I mean, it has to do with Trey Lance, and, and right. the fact is, Trey Lance to me is still a great fantasy pick because sure. all of the all the reports coming out of there or about what you would think he's going to run like crazy. But as of yesterday, as of, I'm sorry. So as of Tuesday's practice, um, he was, let me just pull it up. We had somebody, we had this data. I'm sorry, but he, he, so he, he, like he had a bad practice on Tuesday. He had another up and down practice on Wednesday. And I don't have the updated numbers through, um, through Wednesday. But so as of, as of Tuesday's practice for the overall um, the overall charting that some of the beat writers have been doing there for the uh, 49ers. Um, I can't get it pulled up, but basically he's, he's, he's been, he's been, he's been, no, here it is. Here it is. There we I'm go. Just, I've, 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 I've bring up my Gmail. Dude, Gmail is so much different now. When did this change? Yeah, I mean, it just, like it just changed week. overnight. I, yeah. I was just um, saying that a couple days ago. <laughs> okay. So Trey Lance, the, so, he was four of 12 with one interception on Monday, 
which lowered his camp long completion rate to exactly 50 percent, 65 of 130. So yeah. to me, I think of that and I say, I say, yikes, you know, you yeah. worry about that. Um, and you just worry about the fact that you remember last year, Brandon Ayuk started the season in the complete yeah. doghouse. Doghouse. Um, yeah. You know, you didn't have Debo Samuel doing everything he was doing. You had the real distributor in Jimmy Garoppolo, who's going to be different than Trey Lance. I just, for, for me with Kittle, I think he's like, to me, he's the best. Like if I were starting an NFL team, I, he's, he, he's the best tight end in the league as far as I'm concerned, because I, I mean, he really? goes, I blocks his ass off. Yeah. It's, he's he's I mean, by far the best. Who else would, tight end. who else would say he's not the best tight end in the league? Yeah. That's, who else would say he's, he, yeah. I mean, who else oh, would yeah, you rather have sure. Kelsey? I mean, he's, he's old. Yeah. Could, yeah. Be, good point. Could be Kittle. I mean, I forget like, how young Kittle is. I forget Kittle, that he's at, Kittle at this point is George Kittle. He's going to be, he's, 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 he's 28 years old. He won't turn, okay. he, he won't turn 29 until late this season. Wow, so, I mean, okay. you got, well, you got three years on Kelsey. He's a much, sure. much, much better blocker. Freaky, freaky guy with the ball, just as freaky with the ball yeah. in his hands. Yeah, but sure. it's, I mean, but we don't get points for awesome pancake blocks right. or like sick dances where he lifts his shirt up and does the yeah. WWE shit. <laughs> so, I, hear, I, mean, I hear what you're saying. He's so, so fun to root for. So for me, it's like, I can understand why Kittle's falling to the to where he's falling i generally don't find myself taking a guy like kittle um sure. right now i'm I, you know if i'm going to be taking a tight end early i'm not going to reach for kelsey i usually won't reach for andrews unless i'm talking about stacking on something like underdog or one of these best ball tournaments kyle pitts i'll find myself getting maybe i think i, I think our exposure on him right now with the chichis is like 11 percent in ppr which wow, is okay uh, which is i mean pretty substantial i mean we're getting a good bit of kyle pitts but dude other than that man like i'm I've been living in this world of the, you know, just see who falls between, you know, who falls between to the eighth, ninth round. Like TJ Hawkinson keeps falling. Dallas Goddard keeps falling. I mean, and then at the very end of your drafts, you can start getting guys like, you know, I mean, nobody is too excited about Albert O, especially with all the Greg Dulcich talk, you know, and I love Dulcich and and Dynasty. He should be a, he should be a major target for you. But like Cole, Cole Komet, Trashman was up at, at Bears camp, you know, talking about commit yeah. uh, Irv Smith. He's got the he's got the hand injury, but I mean, he's going to be in a whole new offense. He's a super super talented player. So those kinds of guys, and you can wait even longer than them, and you can I mean, you can go with Joku or you know, um, yeah. So and for Joku me, and Pitts are two guys that we've talked about all day. I'd love. I, do you have much of a dynasty investment this year? In Joku? Well, just in general, like. Are you more dynasty minded or redraft minded? I well, right, right now, right now, as as we're, t- I have to shift. I mean, right. if if you're talking to me in March, I'd be more. I'm, I'm, all, all I would talk about is dynasty. Right, right now, we're selling products for redraft, and so it's like I got to be testing these things and stuff. It's yeah. like I have yeah. Trash Man doing the dynasty stuff right now. So all right, so um, let me run this by you because Dustin and I were talking about this right before we came on. Um, I got an offer to move out Kyle Pitts. And it would be Pitts, a couple third-round picks, and Devontae Parker. And then in return, I would get Javante Williams, Hollywood Brown, and Njoku. It's hard to so move it, Pitts, but for Javante and Hollywood... Do you have, do you have, is, is, is it tight end premium? It is. Okay. give me If, if you give me a second, I can, put, I can put it in and I can tell you. If there's anything else you guys want to talk about just real quick and i could put i I could i I could put this in and i could tell you yeah what i think is probably going to be the best 
Yeah, as I mean, far so as the, as while as you're looking at the trade up, tool, sure. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Cole Komet. I mean, he's a big. He's a, obviously being a Bears fan. Um, I've one. I'm a big fan of the target share. He's probably looking at as the. All right, so well, I'm, I'm sorry. Who oh, who's it? This is Pitts. Who else is on one on one side of the trade? On one side is Pitts, Devontae Parker, a 2023 third and a 24 second. So a 2023 third and a rookie draft. Yep. The 2023 third. And a 24 second. And a 2024 second. Yep. And then in return, I would get David Njoku. Okay. Hollywood Brown and Javante Williams. I feel so, like it's so Javante is the, So Javante is the, Javante is the Hollywood. And then oh, Marquise. I need to write in Marquise here. Okay. And then Javante, of course, is the big one. I'm just. I want to put this. It feels in like it'll trade. be a landslide. Oh, sure. I just like to confirm with with other people that have dynasty tools. It's a landslide on the on the uh, Injoku Marquise Brown Javante side. Okay, it's decided. Yep, <laughs> it's selling decided. hard, man. It's gonna happen tonight. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Every once in a while, you get you get one of those nice offers and it comes. It's through. roster watch official. There we go. Man, Alex, thank you so much for for taking the time to to hop on well, with us, man. No, no, yeah, man, no problem. But I, 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 I cut you off in the middle of a question, so if oh, you want to ask it, uh, no, what was I, mean, I asking? I was, just, I was just talking about Cole Komet, man. I mean, okay, I, it falls kind of in line with that that rushing quarterback narrative. But he's also going to be um, uh, probably the the I was going to say pseudo number two target, but realistically, he's going to be the number two target in that offense, most likely. He's someone that I'm I'm picking up late in drafts. He he goes later than like you said, uh, you know Dallas Goddard, um, you know T.J. Hawkins. All those much, guys. Li- much later than those guys, yeah. and realistically, probably sees a similar target share, or if not higher. Um, probably might not see the the touchdown volume, but you know for tight ends, that's kind of what makes or breaks them. Um, yep. outside of the the target volume, you know. So he's he's just a guy like you'd mentioned. Um, he's, he's someone I'm, I'm targeting late in draft, but um, let me say also, uh, trash man also said this, the one word of caution is, is he, is he, is he, he's, he said that there's going to be some, there's, there's going to be some Ryan Griffin interference there with, with him. Oh, so no. just kind of be, just be, be where that one that. other, one other tight end I'll say at the very end, I haven't even added him to the cheat sheets yet because I just had this podcast today or mm-hmm. I guess yesterday with Mike K who lives there in South Jersey. He's been out of jets camp. He's just, and he's just said, he said, I'm going to tell you a secret. Tyler Conklin will be a top 10 fantasy tight end this year. Top he said, 10? Top 10. And he just said, just that's the secret. You know, Holy put it out God. there, whatever you want to do. But he said he will be a top 10 fantasy tight end. And whenever somebody tells me that about Tyler wow. Conklin, a player who I absolutely loved through his pre-draft process, I start, I start getting okay. really excited about that. So maybe that's one to keep in your back pocket. It's okay. a, that's a nice name for a throw-in in the deal, you know, Yes. I, I'm here. I'm ready for the deal. I need a little bit more throw in Conklin. <laughs> yeah. okay. They'll say, like it's They'll say Conklin? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Okay, fine. Yeah. Wow. I was going to drop right. him anyway. Drop him anyway. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, I, dang, man. I, I preach. I'm going to I'm gonna have to go out right now and make some Conklin offers. See where he's available. Um, but, man, uh, thanks again, though. Thanks. I, I, know, I know you're a busy guy. Um, you know, I know you got a lot going on. But thank you so much for taking the time with us, man. It really, really means a lot. I'm um, looking forward to competing uh, with you in the, the Scott Fishbowl, seeing how that all folds out. Um, and for anyone listening, uh, you can check out 
Alex on rosterwatch.com as well as listening to him on the roster watch show on the fantasy sports radio channel on Sirius XM radio. Alex, thanks again, man. Yeah, really I mean, thanks. It. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Dustin, Travis, and again, you guys can follow us at Roster Watch. Hear us on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Mondays ten to midnight Eastern, Thursdays ten to midnight Eastern, Saturdays five to seven Eastern, and of course, uh, the pro membership of Roster Watch gets you the cheat sheet, all the tools, all the stuff like that. So, boys, Dustin, Travis, awesome talking to you guys, man. I appreciate you having me. We'll thanks, t- Alex, man. And, and, and we'll talk to y'all again soon. All right, sounds, sounds good. good, Alex. Thank you. And, man, what a, what a good guy to listen to. What a good guy to have on. Travis, that was a lot of fun. Everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, I mean, that'll, I that'll do lot. it for us. I learned a that'll, lot from that'll, Alex. Man, what a, what a, that's a bunch of fun, a lot of insight. It gets me excited for, for all the tools that are out there. You know, a guy who's really invested in, in what he does and really um, doing us a service and doing our listeners a service by, by hopping on and, and sharing that knowledge. Absolutely. So, make sure you follow him. Make sure you follow Roster Watch. Go join. Um, as always, y'all, thanks again for listening and losing sucks. Don't do it.